The Scientific American covered something that I usually cover at some of these sessions, and it'll help you understand a lot of things that are difficult ordinarily. Now, I'm going to hold this thing up, and I've talked about things like this in the past. Dim your eyes down first, and then uh, you tell me what you what you know it to be. Dim your eyes down before I hold this picture up. Everybody ready? Dim your sight. Oh, no. But if you open your eyes, it doesn't make that kind of sense. You look at it close for detail. Okay. It's just squares. Yeah, it, it's got. Okay. Can you see that? You? Yeah. Well, the intent is a Mona Lisa. Now, if you shake it a little like that, it comes out a little more Mona Lisa. Mm -hmm. You dim your eyes. See? Oh yeah. <laughs> now the interesting thing about that is where it goes. This type article, they're coming into, I used to do a lot of this stuff on a blackboard and try to show how intelligent bits of information are put together by the brain even though the information is on a low order of information. You see these Lincoln things? They use the same technique. See? You can see it as Abraham Lincoln, but this is harder to see as Abraham Lincoln. Dim down, it, it sets a chain in motion. You dim your eyes down, inference occurs by the brain and it infers things that aren't there because it it assembles this in the closest approximation of what you've got in your head regarding that distribution of light and shade you dim down you'll get abraham lincoln much better than you will with a sharp focus you get it right okay now our problem is how does that work uh, too much education formal education gives us a, a pre-structured habit of looking at things. In other words, we see a thing and it's very quite definite, the American flag and the background and the stars and the stripes. We see all that detail. But if you're very educated, all of this detail is lined up like the alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, real clear in the brain. But the periods of what they call creative work, what they call imagination, thinking, doing new things, occur in the twilight zone of attentiveness. We have any difficulty with language or anything. In other words, sometimes you pay too much attention, you can't solve a problem. If you let go a little, the brain flows right through and solves a problem. That's why sometimes when you're walking down the street or not working on it, you get a gestalt, confuse it together. All right, yes. Well, somehow that doesn't make sense. Oh, it's going to make sense because I'm only just open the conversation. I'm going to put it together for you. Okay. I remember this drawing here uh, that I've done many, many times, which is not unlike what you're just looking at. Uh, it's just a distribution of light and shape. We talked about this in the past. Or I talked about a definite cube, which was fashioned this way, and a cube fashioned that way, and uh, just a little deal here with a line in it, like that. Analyzed separately is nothing but analyzed collectively with all of these elements together with a distribution of the square packet in this region. If you analyze each one of these surfaces, you can't make much of it. But if you dim your eyes down, these edges become fuzzy when you dim the eyes down. That's how it works. They become fuzzy, and, and they become half-tones and quarter-tones. The borderlines of the images are less distinct, and it fuses together into a more human form. I don't need to turn light out. <coughs> if you dim your eyes down, it fuses the hard lines together, more like reality, it's softer. But analytical eyes, if you have 20-20 vision, or better, and you look at that, 
it's analytically square and interferes with putting it together, as you can see all the structured elements of the lines. So intelligence interferes with putting that together. If you are doing what they call creative work on a holistic type thing, if you look at all the elements, they detract from the whole. But if you get off in an airplane and look down at a system, all of the elements, if you dim your eyes down, don't focus on anything, you get a general impression. And a general impression may have been, may have been, may be of absolutely no use unless you have use for general impression. All right, now watch this. For an artist trying to draw a mountain, the simplest way children do it would be like that. Mountain ranges, right? And uh, it's hard for children to draw mountains like this. Would you turn the light on again? Sure. Because children uh, simplify a thing. That's a mountain. That's the sun. It's borrowed from other simplifications. And a, a technician, one who's had more time than a child, sees a lot in the mountain. Then he sees the dividing rivers, which is very difficult for people to remember. And essentially, in constructing a mountain, you keep dividing the system as you go down. That's formula. Now, knowing that formula, you then come into a second phase of that formula, where you have toned some of these triangles, just fill them in. You have toned some elements of that. Or you put in full black and have toned some of the other elements. Always these segments like that. And as you become more technical, then you quarter tone it, and then you, you put in very dark tones at the base, depending on where the sun's at. And it doesn't take long for a mountain to fall. But the amateur looking at this is overwhelmed by the amounts of detail and doesn't know how to organize it into a system. He just looks and says, oh shit, I'll never be able to draw that. Because he takes in the whole impression. That's where he's wrong. But in trying to understand anything that you want to recreate, you look at it, you look for code. And the code is how far from symmetry is it? It, is, it has six bumps. If a mountain is a mile high, it has six general impressions on the way down. Then the general pattern is the division systems in those elements. Do they go straight down and divide, like this, straight down and divide, or do they all divide off at an angle, like that? That depends on what angle you're looking at the mountain at. So once you learn the decoders of sight, and you look at something and say, geez, I'm going to try to draw that, you're in confusion. But if you say, what are the elements of a mountain, the dividing systems, uh, the non-pyramidal effect interference in the surface, the distribution of values in the triangular segments. You understand? That's interpreting art and vision into numerical systems. So whenever you have a problem, the trouble that the thing called confounded, I am confounded because I met somebody and I can't understand them. Here's why I can't understand them. Because I look at them in the way I feel about them. Overall feeling time. I love you. And that's it. That's the overall thing, because she, she takes me horseback riding, she cooks well, she makes bacon and eggs in the morning, and she always whispers sweet nothings into my ear, which I need. Now, why I need them, how I need them, I'm not going to discuss. But it's those holistic elements, and I have a general impression called love. The impression called love is not analytical. It doesn't say, what does Paulette do that Rosalie doesn't do? Well, I'm in love with Rosalie. Well, that doesn't rain. See, I have a general impression, and I ride the general impression. That makes us prejudiced. But if we sit down and ride the specific impression, Rosalie is a good cook. 
She's a stunt pilot. She knows all her aircraft structures. Let's assume I need these things. She knows sailing. She knows all those things. But the girl of my dreams has long triangular eyebrows, which they shoved in my head a long time ago, before I met Rosalind O'Fallon. Also has eyelashes that turn up heavy on this end. See? That's the pattern shoved in my head prior to someone else. See? And the nose structure is a strong V at the base. You know what I mean? And the lips are high peaked in the center. Okay? And Jennifer has those characteristics. And you have the characteristics which I should love, but that's what they gave me. You have the behavioral characteristic. You know what I mean? And this is called the driving force. Really? Now, uh, <coughs> whatever the hair pattern has been, all of those things become the major driving force. So I look at you, Jennifer, but I love Pauline, and I'm troubled. Troubled very much, because I sit down and try to figure it out. But all I get is a feeling tone. Do you know what I mean by that? You look at a person, you like them, or you don't like them, whatever it is. No matter what they do, they backflip, read the science journal, you still don't like them. You should like them, because we rely on feeling tone. And that's one thing you can't shove aside. Mechanically, you can shove it aside, but the brain says, boy, are you full of shit. Because the brain has been pre-programmed prior to what you call intelligent selective detail. The only time we use intelligent selective detail is when we manufacture paper. We manufacture paper. And the people that wipe their ass in our community send it back saying, it always rips in the center every time I wipe my ass. So now you're going for texture in the nature of strong papers. You design machines that pull on the right and left under impact, moist, etc. See? And, and you work on the logical thing, because you're not in love with that. That brings you the buck. You turn it out once and you get a buck. Or else, you hire an agency that says, don't worry about your paper. Don't do anything to it. We'll verbalize it. And they say, the paper you've been looking for, have you ever had this happen? And that happened? Yeah. Well, this doesn't do that. It shows a monkey jumping on it. Now, this, then you buy that, because they know what makes you make a decision. Sometimes it's real, sometimes it's fabricated. All right, now, this bit here. When I meet a person that looks like this, now watch this. This is a, a slightly less exaggerated angle for the nostrils than that. And just strange lips that are only peaked in the center. You know what I mean? Not lead to a peak. These are variations on a theme, okay? I meet Louise. And I like her a little, but her behavior now seems to go in this direction. She talks of photography, she talks of light and shade, she does oil paintings. That interests me. And the brain does something strange. It lowers the height of the required peak of the eyebrows. Everybody <laughs> doesn't understand what that means? It's important that you do. The brain transfers the old image, which is solid, and becomes a little foggier, and this becomes dominant as an image. Pretty soon, the ideal girl always smiled like this. This is background propaganda. I always saw the white teeth in this one. <coughs> Marion smiled off to one side, a high white lip smile, really, which destroys the image. Although it's been being constructed in the head, and that collapses the image again. She comes up to me one day with that smile and shows me a cutaway view of a bowie. And that smile, alters the major image, the right side smile and heavy reinforcement. So over a period of time, she looks like my ideal girl. And that takes time, because image by image, bit by bit, the features begin to represent my needs, fulfill the needs. 
And this image disappears, and this becomes the key image. Now, one more bit. We make love, and it's parallel to my best experience. Parallel. Right. And now, I'm in a high propaganda state, ready to jump and say, I need you, I love you, you're it. About to jump, and Joe comes with his lip out and says, the Mack truck wiped her out. That's the next image I carry in my head, a one-side smile. Then I go off somewhere to meet somebody with a one-side smile, and they mention a cutaway view of the bowie. And even though her eyebrows are in one way, they become slightly modified in the brain. The brain undoes this eyebrow and transfers it until the image is gradually transferred to the other person. Now, that's done so slow, we call it a quarter-tone picture. It's done in very low key. You understand that, Joe? And as time goes on, the key is picked up. And if a person comes at me with hard key features and mentions in the first bit of language, what's the score in a baseball game, even though she looks like the ideal Jennifer, which I'm not interested in baseball games, or football, or anything else. So if he comes over with the ideal image and says, what's the score? Uh, there's a scar put on the image. <laughs> then she says, I'm late for church. Another scar comes <laughs> on the image. The peak lips become scar because they're signals. You know what I mean? Then she says, I got to get rid of niggers, Chinese, Jews, and Swedes. And another scar occurs. <laughs> and then she says, the trouble with the country is too many for And what happens is that image, I'm doing it fast, becomes the category of the image is destroyed. Now let me do that in areas you're familiar with. Let's assume that all of you here know Box to Carter and Fugue in D minor. Is there anybody that doesn't? All right. Is there anybody that has a favorite piece of music? Do you have a favorite type piece of music you like to listen to? Mm -hmm. uh, Whatever it is. Medicine, some of that works. All right. Do you have a subject that's a pain in the ass to you? Some subject you completely understand. Music literature, of course, something. All right, music literature. Anything worse than that? Something horrible, something you totally understand. Northern New Zealand. The problems oh, of the coal mining industry. Some subject that you're not in. Okay. Uh, now, suppose they gave you a chart of per ton of coal produced per man hour of water handle for over the years. That would be a very boring subject. If every time we opened that subject with Mendelssohn's low key background, and then came on with that. You understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then all the fiddles were going full blast with the baseball scores. And the worst subjects in your head, the sound of that music will then elicit the second order thing. Is that clear? Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of people say, I don't know what it is. Jennifer was my ideal image, and it collapsed. They think it collapsed Wednesday at 4 o'clock. It collapses cumulatively. Do you know what that means? So if you don't know, people say, I don't know what the hell it is. He beats me, he kicks the kids, he doesn't pay the rent, and he takes money out of my purse. And I love this son of a bitch. You ever hear that before? Mm -hmm. ah. Because there's enough elements in that guy's behavior for you to want the shit that goes with it. Now let me tell you something very interesting. If you take a person's ideal image, and then they take their ideal verbal behavior, I can come at you with ideal words and rip your pants. You hear me? Let me just rip I'm not talking about rape, just rip them up. A new pair of pants. If I use ideal words, it's an acceptable situation. And if I stare at you in your ideal manner, and I whack you like I'm going to come here, honey, you know I didn't mean that. A certain way, it might be permitted. And in time, you can become conditioned and have the shit kicked out of you. So long as, I'm talking about the intellectual or physical shit, so long as the placement and interval of the reinforces, the reward is there. Now, 
You may bring John to see your girlfriend. He may kick you, pull on your hair, put you down at a party, whatever it is, and you come home infuriated, and he has those four packages in manner, words, that can wipe them up. And you get confused. Oh, what the fuck is going on here? Do I love him? I don't. Sometimes I want to tear him to pieces, you see? And other times I want to throw him out. And, and the point is, all of those things are true. But with the trouble, the thing that isn't true, is to try to find out what's really true. Do I love him or don't? No, you do, you both. Depends on the situation. So, if you're having these problems in the gray zone, and you're finding these personality structures that are transferred, it's the same story that the GIs of the Deep South used to talk about in the South Pacific. I'm talking about the Solomon Islands, where the women are cold black. And they used to say that every month they get a shade lighter. I'm talking about needs. They never go to bed with a black girl. And so every month they get a shade lighter. And if they weigh 400 pounds, they lose 50 pounds the first month and 100 pounds the next month. You understand the need? Okay. So a, a, a dish that you pushed away when you're starving, lost in the polar regions, is something you think about. How many tons of food you threw away and you just weren't hungry that day. And this is the mechanism. The mechanism of creative thinking, therefore, consists of the twilight zone with non-hard lines, non-definition. All right. That's why this becomes a little more difficult to understand. Sometimes I might hang up an abstract display of tonal scales like that. I might do this. I don't suggest that anybody else do it. And sometimes I look at that and suggest things. You ever do that? Look at random things? Now, it can't suggest anything unless you've got a background parallel so it can suggest something. Do you think you know what I mean since you're relatively new? Mm -hmm. Not sure. Okay. What do you mean by tonal scales? Well, the, the tonal, this is black, gray, orange, and blue lines running through. I was thinking in terms of music. Okay, it could C, be that. G, A minor. It could be that. Or else I look at something like this. I, I drop some clay on glass and it splatters out in a certain way. You know what I mean? And it suggests a city design. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yes. Or it may not. And anything you look at is a pattern. And if you need the pattern, you don't know you need it. But looking at it hard doesn't do anything. But if you relax, think about Jesus Christ, I gotta get up tomorrow, fix the boat, and the pattern's out there. And you're staring at it, you're writing another track. The brain will associate automatically your needs. That's a hard thing to understand. Uh, automatic, in your brain, there's a dominant need. You've been searching for the answer to some way to photograph the inside of the asshole without doing surgery. You know what? You want to take photographs deep into the intestines, but you can't do surgery. You're thinking about all the known systems. And you're sitting in a restaurant there, and there's a, a glass of wine on the table. And the wine is red. And there's a, a candle burning nearby. No, and you're sitting there and you're eating, and now you're relaxed, you've gotten off the problem. And in the middle of the wine is a flame burning, if the candle is at the right position. And uh, what you find out here is you look at that low key, and there's an image seemingly burning in the middle of the candle. Now, the next thing that happens is your brain locks on to your problem because you want to get things in the middle of a system. But when you're hard on it, it's just a candle reflected in the glass. When you're soft, meaning think about something else, the brain's dominant problem is the middle problem. 
and the other subjects are of a low order. So when you're thinking about these, this whole thing begins to run in relation to the input from the eyes. It runs automatically and makes it Abraham Lincoln, even though it was too subtle to be analyzed. That's why at these sessions, I don't know if you were ever here when I draw a partial picture and say, what is it? Ah, it is your associate memory that will see a particular thing and somebody else's that will see something else. Sometimes when you're trying to figure out how you feel about somebody logically, you will leave them. And then when you get away, you relax. You say, oh my God, I'm lonely. I guess I really need him. I don't know what the hell it is. He beats me, says the wrong things. Whatever it is. And you go back. Because it's the relaxation. The critical analytical is unreal. Because that, that doesn't get to you. The critical analytical. Do you think you understand unless you're fixing a jet engine? But when it comes to people, it doesn't work that way. It has to do with the other thing. All right. Now, let's assume I meet Louise, and she says all the right things, but she's got this funny walk like that. That also becomes straightened out. That makes her Louise uniquely different and desirable. Later on, I seek out people with a funny walk, because they have the characteristics. Sometimes you meet a guy, what was it, the guy that died and started a whole trend in blue denim and shit like that, Dean something? Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean, right. He was always sloppy, dirty clothing on, but he represented the neglected person. Nobody paid attention to him, couldn't deal with the adults. He went out on his own and did his own thing. He just behaved as he had to behave. Uh, inside a lot of people, there was a tendency for that. So since they couldn't be Jimmy De Dean, they can only get the blue denims. And by getting the blue denims and personifying some of the characters, wear their hair, wild, uncut, straggly. <laughs> to some girls, it represented that degree of freedom and individuality. And that was enough. And the rest, some of the guys did a Jimmy Dean thing, a linguistically, a little bit. Hey man, you know what you think. And that did it too. A few words like that, and then we fill in. And that's the danger. Whereas in this concept, just seeing this, real filling in is that. Artificial filling in is just making a mountain mountain, just a repeat of the same fucking mountain over again. And that's when we get into trouble. Logic is okay in numerical systems. It's good in putting up a structure. But it's not good in trying to figure out where the hell you're at, the feeling tone level. Now, is there anything specific you want to discuss about this general subject? I'll take the images off the board while you're thinking about it. Anything you have difficulty with? Uh, maybe this isn't a direct way of telling you why our behavior seems confusing regarding people. And this is some of the answers. I can't tell you specifically because I don't know what your side smiles are. I don't know what your requirements are, what your pitched eyebrows are, or your voice requirements. Okay, now what I said about music before, what I said about music before, you can take, which I'm against this kind of thing, they've taken experimentally people that were child molesters, and they put them in a room, and they connect two electrodes to the testicles, tie them to the chair, and show a little girl lifting up a dress, and then the camera dollies in on the pussy, shot right to the balls. I mean, <clears throat> like that. And they do that 11 times. And one the girl has to do lift up this and the guy walks the other way. But that's no cure. That's a dirty thing to do. It's not a cure in the sense that the guy doesn't need that anymore. He can't function anymore. He's terrified of the situation. That isn't real conditioning. That's like showing an American flag and burning your asshole in a torch. You know, showing an American flag and burning your asshole. And then later on turning you loose on patriotic day. You're going to suffer. And, and that isn't really conditioning. That's a signal reaction. Do you know the difference? between a signal reaction and genuinely long-term structured conditioning. 
You may love music because you've learned to love it over a period of time. But I could do this. I can say, it shows good taste and classic and classical intelligence to select good music. And there are people who buy, who go to the what's good classical music to make me appear finer? What book should I read on etiquette? You know, things like that. And they buy all these fucking books. You say, that's phony, that's synthetic, like the Jimmy Dean people. The real thing is a slow thing that you earn over a period of time to pick up the bits. And most of us are not patient for that because our feeling tone requires fulfillment. So we go in the direction that's not too good for us. It's the other one you can't feel. It's so slow. Knowledge is so slow you can't feel the glory. When a guy grabs you or some gal that you like or that you're with, you feel good right away. And you don't have, it's not cumulative. To learn to draw, it's weeks of hard labor, shading and mistakes. And by the time you draw well, you hardly feel it because it's come so slow. Whereas the baseball game, the guy hits it and then Hey, terrific! And he runs around, he scores, right like that. And you go to an air show and the guy gets a barrel roll and everybody's in high key right away. You want to learn to fly? Hell no. Six and a half weeks at the control? No, sir. Think, you want to be an airline pilot? Sure, terrific. Two years. I don't know. Oh, fuck it. In other words, because by the time you get to be an airline pilot, you don't feel like an airline pilot anymore. A lot of people thought that the guy would be walking through the station, the terminal, everybody would be looking at You know, it's like uh, kids want to be a doctor, carry a black bag, and everybody in town says, geez, that's not the joke. By the time you go to medical school and squeeze bloody assholes and pus out of sores, years and year and year out, and by the time they give you that black bag, <laughs> you just walk out. You know what I mean? And so, the reason you don't feel good when you get it, the person says, geez, I always wanted it, and somehow now that I got it, it doesn't mean anything in particular. It means something. See, I don't know where you're at economically. I don't know whether you got two dollars or five million dollars. I don't know you that well. But if you suddenly came in with fifty thousand dollars, then you go right up. You go out and get your Mercedes, pay your fucking rent, your debts, and whatever it is. You're on high. But if you have to work for it over the years, whether it's twenty bucks a day in the bank or a week, you can see it going out and there's no glory. And so the great things in our lives, the things that force our decisions, are the peaks, the sudden peaks. That's why we get into trouble. We're peak behavior oriented. Whereas a scientist is also peak behavior oriented, but not in his field. Because they say, we want to build a colony on Mars or Saturn. Consists of 8,000 people. How long would it take? Maybe about 42 years. Maybe a lot of research more. Then they've got 42 year research program that they work on. So nobody has to get to the moon Wednesday, or Mars, or Jupiter, or Saturn Wednesday. So a scientist to build a moon project. By the time launch comes, they're in high key. But after you've launched 4,000 rockets, you know, the key isn't as high. You've got to give them something else. And so, the reason why we don't continuously enjoy things over and over again, some things, food, we eat a meal and then we say, I can't eat, I can't even look at another apple pie. You hit saturation. But then those cells exhaust, then they recover, and you're hungry all over again. Funny thing about an orgasm, it isn't cumulative. You have your orgasm, and then it goes down again, and the need occurs again. But it isn't finished like an appetite where you eat and you're full. If you stay full, you never eat again. And the interesting thing about man, meaning people, they can enjoy things over and over again because the mechanism of appetite goes down again. But if you are in a constant state of well-being, assuming you can attain that, you never have to eat, you have no mouth, no asshole, you take the radiant energy of the sun and you feel the most glorious. You feel like you just had the best orgasm in the world, you had eaten the finest steak dinner, if that's what you like. Or so most people are peak-oriented. 
Now, scientists in their daily lives are not peak oriented, not on their projects, but they are in their, you know, unlike oceanography, that's a peak thing. So, here's where your trouble comes from. Now, the more developmental work you do, the slower the process of development, the less kick in your life. You see, a hell of a lot of people that have a nice yacht and they have a nice home and everything is there, and they just don't seem to have any peak in their lives. And you don't have a fucking thing, you have a lot of peaks. Mm -hmm. And you say, Jesus Christ, if I had your conditions, I'd have a lot of peaks. And because they work so long for their conditions, you see, they don't feel the peak. So, what, the reason that you're more apt to feel peaks all your life, if you know what peak behavior means, the minute you get your $4,000 yacht, you put your $100,000 rate on it, and then you get a peak. And then you make a whole bottom and undersea photographic laboratory, and you get another peak. Then you make a telescopic unit that goes down 600 feet and photographs all kinds of fish without you going down there. That's another peak. Then you design a bathysphere that comes right out of the ship down on the bottom if you want to go. That's another peak. There's no end to the peaks in science. I mean, you don't design the final airplane, that's it. But in ballet, the peaks tend to go high and stay because the person performs once a year, the great thing, and they get up there and they perform, but it's always a similar pattern. It's not new. And so, what happens is they feel good and they're professional or Yehudi plays before an audience and while he's playing he's thinking of, you know, other things now because he's played that so many times, you know, hundreds of thousands of times that it's no longer peak. When a guy, the first medical student does his first operation, they put his arms on his hands, beautiful surgery. But after he's become a world famous surgeon, everybody knows he does beautiful surgery, it's just surgery. And he feels a certain level of pride no peaks. Now, is there any questions about that? All love loses its peak because love doesn't have innovation inherent in it. I mean, if you can come out Wednesday and look like Jennifer and Thursday and Louise and vary enough variations, there'll be variations in peaks, but so would the guy. Because all behavior can be charted. Is there anybody that doesn't quite agree with that? I'm not exaggerating. You either eat bacon and eggs, oatmeal, or toast and coffee, or that. You don't eat an uh, infinite variety of things. You have a, a pattern. You get up at either at 7 in the morning, you go to Joe's for bacon and eggs, and you go into the laundry. You do certain things. The pattern are variations on that. So is George, or Jennifer, or whatever the hell the situation is. So the point is, we, we develop a pattern. The person that lives with us, or we first meet them, their pattern's a little out of phase, then they move in pretty close, and the stimulus disappears. Or lessens. Now, there's no artificial stimulus. Here's what artificial stimulus. I want you. You don't want me, for whatever reason. And God damn it, I do a backflip. She still doesn't want me. I make the pencil disappear. She still doesn't want me. I have that need. I want her. And after nine years, she says, John, nice and a gem. But now I don't want her anymore. Because, because, all I wanted was her to want me. Now I have nothing to work on. You understand? And a lot of us have that problem. Because we want a person so much sometimes that we don't even know the road to get to them. And if we knew the road to get to them, we said, why do I go through that shit to get to them? You think you know what I mean? Or is that too fast? This is a pattern we all go through if you recognize it. Though I always ask myself whether I'm going through a pattern or is it a real need that you're fulfilling? Because I get hung up on a pattern sometimes. And I have to rap at it. I say, you idiot, it's a pattern. And I get it sometimes, and I get off. Sometimes I can't. Because you get so hung up on a need that you, that you want met. 
that you take all kinds of abuse and shit. I come all the way up to 15 stories to see this girl, and she goes like that gently, right down at the bottom. And I says, I got to get to her. So I climb up, and I'm up near the end there, and I'm up near the balcony, and she cuts the vine. So assuming I'm in good health, I'm going to come up another way, because there it is. I got to climb Mount Everest. If I have to climb Mount Everest, what do you do? Are there any other mountains you've heard of that are very difficult? Well, there's one mountain that no one has climbed. Sixty people lost their lives. It doesn't go up like this. It goes up like that. <laughs> well, now there's a little fat guy sitting on a chair here. This is fat guy always holds a big belt like that. This is his legs. He says, well, I don't want to bother climbing a mountain for From that point of view, that makes sense. I can get in a helicopter. They get right up there and land. Oh, you kill joy. The whole thing is to get up that mountain. So we have mountains we want to climb. The psychological mountains. Just to, to get a job done. Have you ever heard of a father that, or mother that pushed their kid, go to school, become a lawyer, and the kid never wanted to? When they get out of school, their parents don't bother them. They want to get out of school, they take the diploma and hold it up before the old man. <coughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that before. But there are people that just don't want to do certain things. And they, the people don't bother them while they imitate a person doing those things. And that is a love situation. I have seen guys and I've seen girls work on a person for 10 years and receive them and ultimately make contact and then sit back and try to figure out what the hell it was all about. Because what they were doing is in their own head, if only I conquered that, if only that can, then I would be at peace. But there's a person with a lot of effort, a lot of creative ability, and they work their ass off trying to do the right thing. I'll grow a mustache, I'll wax it. You know, I'll turn the wax mustache up, I'll turn it down. I'll turn it out. I'll do many things. But finally, when I get it, I have had to go undergo so many things, I lost what I was. Now that I've got the person, I have no identity anymore. So we get confused and sick because we play a lot of roles to try to generate behavior rather than ask whether or not we really need it. Now, that's a hard question to ask. What do you really need? Sometimes you don't know. Maybe you need approval from somebody you consider an authority. In other words, if you're doing very good work at the plant, and you're jet engine, describing a lot of things to a lot of executives, and they're all listening, and a bum came out of the they're listening to a phone calling. Terrific! Smartest girl I ever heard! You don't need it from him, see? And so, a lot of us get approval from targets that we don't consider desirable targets. And so that damages. Approval coming from that makes us look bad in the eyes of the others. So if you understand what I'm talking about, this is the mechanism that gets us into trouble. And the way you get out of that is by trying, which is very difficult to do, to identify the areas of genuine need in another person. Try it sometimes. Sit back and say, well, this is what I believe it is. And then do this. Write out the pain in the ass aspects of that person's behavior. Practice. You know what they call psychodrama? Like, they take a guy that's been arrested 25 times, and he plays a role in the police prison. What are you doing in this alley? I had to take a link. No, I don't want to do it in the street. And the cops idea, oh yeah? You know, a side alley, leaving a lot of doors around, warehouses and things in the warehouse. Because that's the way the cop thinks. And the cop says, come on back, and he checks the doors for a little bit. All of them's open. So you just wait right there, and the guy playing the cop's role 
he answers the same question because his main needs are the fulfillment of those goals. And the other guy's needs are, oh, you get all my name, leave me alone, I just had to take a leap. And the cop then plays that guy's role. They don't do this too much. It would be a great yeah. idea if police were carrying, as I saw, this is true, about two years ago, three hippies came in from out of town and, and they were two girls and a guy and they were carrying lots of packages. You know? And they came into downtown Miami and they dropped them and they were waiting up. And a young police woman came over and said, all right, move on. And they were tired, dead tired. They haven't done anything. They just put these weights down. And see, they couldn't get legal representation. People have the right to do those things. But they want to discourage people that are undesirable, whatever that means, and make them move on, get on, to make things so rough that they leave town or they're not a plague in the town. They move them out. Psychodramas should be played by all kinds of policemen, but they're also dangerous. Now let's take the police officer's point of view. It's dangerous to be logical, reasonable, and a student of semantics. Because there you see a car pull over with suspicious characters that race over, pull over side, whisper to each other before the policeman comes over. And the guy says, well, they may be talking about something private. You're a very logical guy. And he walks over, so good evening. Uh, I've heard a report on a gray car. I'd like to check it out. And a, bow, 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 bow. And he's dead. So the police officer says, all right, exit the car, gets behind another police officer in another position, holds both arms up, you know what I mean? Hey, we didn't do nothing. What the hell is this guy doing? Because they get shot for nothing. You say, may I see your life? And I say, sure. So they are not logical. And they can't afford Korzybski's attitude. What happened here? You know, perhaps the man is innocent. Maybe he's a priest. Maybe he's a kind man. See, with those attitudes, you die as a police officer. Drop your guns, you know, come on out, all of you line up, you know, you get behind a fucking wall with a microphone, drop your guns, etc. So, the whole idea of logic, when a person has an emotional investment or a personality to be shot or destroyed, people are not that inclined to be sensible. You've got to understand why we are less sensible. It's when I fall in love with Jennifer and Roy comes into the room, she says, boy, that's the guy for me. And I'm wiped out. So she says, was Roy here? I said, who's Roy? Somebody was out there. See? No, what happens is we edit our behavior. We become deceptive because the system is always threat to us one way or another. You build a condominium across the way, you spend all your life savings, your father's savings on it, and the rent's going to be 400 a month, and they're putting up a new co-op building here for 200 a month with additional swimming pools and clubhouse. And, and so you go down to the zoning board and say, well, that's unfair competition. But your building is this size and theirs is this. And the government's interested in that. So you're out. And so this system makes us corrupt. It makes us less able to be sensible. And we can't sit down and be scientifically operational. So we just remember that everybody you meet carries horseshit and some twisted values. It's hard to be live in this system and come out as a non-victim. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anything you want to say about that? All right. Now suppose I were able to talk about those problems in another way. What do I have to do to get Louise to like me? I have to do so many things that I don't like that by the time I get her to like me, I don't like her because she made me do all those things. Understand that? And sometimes when I'm so busy with that phony thing I was talking about, the whole goal is to get her to like me. That's the, that's the thing that I, that I crown for. And so all the other stuff I don't notice until I achieve that, then the rest comes in. If you don't understand how that works. Okay. What do you want to know about? Isn't conflict in itself actually a, a behavior in a relationship that is also a peak behavior yes. or can be a peak yeah. behavior? Conflict itself is merely uh, 
not clearly identifying. What, what would conflict be in a child who wants to draw the mountain? How do you draw that mountain? You know what that question means? What that child, what the child is saying, make the mountain appear fast. He's not saying, how do you draw the mountain? Hey, how do you draw that gun? You say, well, you have to create center lines and measure it off. No, I don't want to know that. I just want to know how to make a picture. See? And that's now. So this is the same problem with love. In the old days, it was easy. Because the values of a lot of people were very similar. So all you did is brought a long black velvet box and opened it. There was a pearl necklace in it. Oh, you shouldn't have. There were certain things a person did. Very simple things. Today, the guy opens a box and says, my father owns a jewelry store. So what? See? In other words, what, what have you got today to offer the needs of another personality? Now, how many of you ever ask another personality what their needs are? And how many of you really feel that when you meet another person, that they might edit their needs? You know what that means? Not fully tell you what their needs are, because they might alienate you. Suppose they're ordinarily temperamental. When you do something, you take the fucking ashtray and throw it on you. Make it ashes on the But if they want to make it with you, and you knock the ashtray over it, they say, well, that's perfectly all right. After you get to know them, they take it and dump it on your head, see? And you wonder what happened to these people. Well, sometimes their needs are so great, they, they are become shit takers. They'll take all kinds of shit until the prime needs are made. Now, then they'll dump the ashtray. Now, they're not bad people. They're not good people. They're just people. All you have to know is what the hell is happening around you. I can only help you now if you have any questions regarding that subject. Projection. Why would we project? No, but projection also there's a lot to do with our needs. We project our needs into other people. You know, uh, if I see Jennifer sitting, looking out the window, she was waiting all day for me. She might have had a lot of gas <laughs> and looking out the window for something else. But we do that. We do all those little things. We project like mad because our needs are not fulfilled. And even if they are, even if they do something nice, we wonder what the underlying intent was which is a terrible thing to do. Because even if somebody is, if you meet somebody that's genuinely up to your concept of good quality, but you've had a miserable past in that area, you're going to down the second person that you meet. You're going to say, what the hell he wants for that? I wonder what his motive was. But you may meet somebody real that doesn't have any, but you've been given so much shit in the past, the guy says, well, you tie my shoelace, bend over, and then he kicks you in the ass. And that guy says, well, you tie my shoelace, tie your own fucking shoelace. You automatically alienate the people. But you can't go out into the world giving everybody an open chance. You can't walk over people. You can't come over and say, my father was in the Institute for the Criminally Insane for 11 years, and she goes on telling me all these wonderful things, these jargon that wonderful that we can level with each other. And so she tells me also that she was born with a triple vagina, she has one hole here, one there, it's there, there, it doesn't matter, you know, we're still friends. Then when I get mad at her, <laughs> I tell you about her father and a triple vagina and all the rest of the shit. We unravel. That's why people that feel comfortable with one another confide in one another. And sometimes the psychological weapons, they use it against you. It's called blackmail. Intellectual blackmail. So many people keep private. But there are many people who feel comfortable in telling you that they got a kidney infection and a loose kneecap and all that. You know, they, feel, they, they like to share their misery sometimes with others. They say, well, I had the same thing for two years. You feel better. But there are some people that'll abuse you for it. And so the people continuously get abused. Dope user, 
son of a bitch, long time criminal loser, and your friends say, hey, how about coming off with me? That's real. And that's, that's as real as you can get. That's why uh, the relationship that you have with other people should never be superficial. Not because you're a movie star. Not because you're famous. Yes. Let's say someone has remained consistent in uh, time they spent with you, their attitude towards you, certain conversations for three years. Um, and suddenly... Seemingly. Well, all right. Mm -hmm. um, and suddenly, one, in one day, the person is gone for a month. Mm -hmm. No letters left, nothing. They just go? Yeah. I would say either a big part of the behavior is artificial, or somebody, some, in some cases, somebody whispers some lies about you to them. A delusion. You know what that is? Call them to always just you had a big, big, ran a chain of horrors for 30 years, and she had... As long as he builds a lot of stories that affect my value system, I say, so what? It doesn't make any difference. I like her now. I don't care what she did. But if, if I had such a value system, the image collapses. And Bigger says, Jesus Christ, just like that? You're walking up. He says, yeah. Now, that's something else. Is it based on false propaganda? Is it, did you know what the reasons are for something like that? Uh, you don't have any idea? No. I'm looking at you. I don't. Not, no idea. No idea. I mean, I really have no vested interest in this person. A friend of mine does. Oh, okay. Sometimes it's... Uh, I can't say exactly what it is, but sometimes it's based upon a person being nice to somebody else only because of... Uh, they, I'll use very old language. You know that you ever hear the term emo emotional coward? Mm. You ever hear it used? There are some people that can't walk over and say, "Look, we don't need you anymore. The company has got a full staff, and your performance has dropped." And, hey, Bob, I can't do that. I know the family and all. So they get somebody else to do it, and then you come and say, "They're letting me go." You're like, "What? How hard? Is there anything I can do for you? Give me a ring." They can't do anything like that. And there's some people. That, that live with somebody or they know somebody and they just can't stand conflict and they just don't bring it about. But in doing that over a long period of time, they get infuriated and they break out. And they send a note, you goddamn narrow-minded son of a bitch every day and live with you as a pain in the ass. And you wonder what the hell this guy must have lost his head because everything seems so nice. So what you got a person that's a simplifying an emotional coward. There are some people that can't stand conflict, and they mask it, and then they break out somewhere. Uh, maybe you're an emotional coward in certain areas that you know. Well, accommodation, uh, if you like somebody, you almost fall into it. And you, you don't feel you're accommodating. You know what I mean? If you really like somebody, and if you rub their shoulders, and like that, it really makes them feel happy, it makes you feel happy. But if they abuse you, if you feel you're being used or abused in any way, then it builds scar tissue. Uh, I knew, in particular, uh, a particularly attractive girl some years ago, and in every way, emotionally and physically, in terms of the culture. And she said, at least she said to me, that everybody she knew was always reaching for her continuously, without her ever having to get to know anybody. And she, she never got a chance to really get to know anybody. The guy was always reaching for her, ready to take his pocket out and ram it in. No conversation, nothing, you know what I mean? And, and she said, that people would come from any direction and behave very well because she had those characteristics. And all she remembered is going to bed with guys because they needed it, and the, the guy was touching her in every way because he needed it, and she liked the guy, but never got a chance to be in love with the guy because 
The guy never got to know her, never got to spend time with her. Now, what happened to this girl is she went over and she talked to another girl about that. Another girl happened to be attractive. And the girl said, you know, I feel the same way. And they both shared their feelings with each other and understood each other so well. And later on, they realized they were in love with each other because they really shared the same attitudes and they didn't like men because men in the early days and today use women. And some women use men, both ways. And some women have been so abused and so used by men that they can't stand the sight of a male sexually because of the intent. See, a lot of people think that, that people are abnormal in certain areas. In other words, if I were a kid, when I was, say, 11 or 9 years old, if all the girls kept coming over reaching for my fly, I said, hey, you know, I didn't even know them, see? And I always wanted to bite my ass and things like that. I said, what the hell do you want to do that for? Before I got to know anything. And every time when I was a girl, she always got me in a phone booth and was playing with the hairs on my head. And before it had any meaning to me. Next time I see a girl coming, I walk off, and the guy says, geez, they're all like that, some guy. Then I get to like the guy, because we identify. And I've always believed that men have more in common with men, whether you like it or not, and women have more in common with women. It's just society that says that it, it's got to be the other way. Do you understand? Society is structured that way. Because you can tell that it's true which I indicated before, that if, if you took 20 married couples, say married for 15 years, and put them in a big room, the guys go off with the guys as a rule, and the women go off with the women. You see? Now, the, the image on the movie screen, though, the family, the couple together, you know, you travel together, you're seen with a couple, otherwise you can't get a guy, you know, all that shit, the package, you know what I mean? Three kids and a Cadillac. So people strive for the package because they've been propagandized with the fucking machine for so long, that if they go outside the package range, package range, they may feel comfortable but unfulfilled. Some element in their personality bugging them continuously by doing the wrong thing. In other words, if I ran off with Joe Facino, see, and left a letter for Birgit, I've been conditioned for women strongly. Men turn me on by the nature of my condition. But if I do that, run off with somebody, people, it isn't that they don't understand, they don't want to understand. I don't want to understand that my daughter goes for elephants. Go for women, go for Chinese, go for Negro, but elephants, how am I going to explain to the community? <laughs> the whole idea of prejudice, which we all are. You see, I don't think that I can accept my daughter going for elephants. This isn't true. I don't care what she does, I want you to bring them in here. Bring them in your own fucking environment. You see? Because I don't want to have to put up with society throwing stones on my building. If she comes home and says, Dad, I'm going to go for elephants and I'm going to bring them home. I said, now what are you going to do so that I'm not overlapped by your needs? She said, I'm going to build you a titanium sphere up on a steel tube with high voltage, two and a half miles all around. And no one will bother you, Dad. I said, too bad. Bring dinosaurs <laughs> into the house. But the patterns of you bringing all your snake collection to my house and the Spanish people protesting outside going down to the courthouse your hobby is all right. I've got nothing against it, but I can't afford your hobby. Is that clear? So society discriminates against people that deviate from the norm in any way because people say, do you know that person? Do you know that person goes for elephants or blacks or some goddamn thing? And they bother you. At, at least when I was a kid, it was untenable to be different in any way. Even interested in science, they used to bother me continuously. What are you doing that for? What do you give a shit about the stars? Your roof leaves, you know, things like that. Yeah, let's be practical, get down to earth. Today, I would say, 
This is an open and liberated society compared to the society I knew. If you didn't marry the girl on the block you were going with, all the fucking neighbors would look down your neck. In other words, you know, it was almost understood things in the community. If you had a son and he was a bum, you'd dress him up, even though he was in prison, and made him look like he was working. You had to do that. Everybody wore images. And if there was a disease in the family, if your father got the clap, they swept it under the rug. He went in for dental treatment. And if anybody had syphilis in the family, syphilis, I've heard of it. <laughs> Nobody ever had a venereal disease, but one in ten have had a venereal disease in our country. So everything was swept on right. Tuberculosis was an unmentionable word. Did you know that? <laughs> People walk around here with a terrible cold, everything. And so you never knew. And, uh, and the people that, the, that had all these attitudes, a lot of people that were sick too with those disorders. So the whole thing of sweeping things under the rug, especially about if you went to a psychiatrist because you were having emotional problems with your, in your home, you weren't sure whether it was you or the other guy, and you wanted a viewpoint, people wanted to see you as a guy, you were a fucking lunatic. They picked you coming in rage one day, suddenly, while you're eating a salami sandwich. You take Rosalie's tape on and smash it, and both your eyes cross, and you go, and run out of the building. So, the normal people are insane. Whenever a person gives me their normal views, I'm terrified that they hold normal views. And so, I am glad that I meet people that are interested in studying uh, a weasel's asshole, or unusual formations uh, of, of the retina. You see, anything offbeat, because these people have been persecuted and they have shades of gray regarding behavior that deviates from the norm. And I, I would be uh, frightened myself if I was terribly in love with anybody. And the overwhelming love. I say, Jesus Christ, Pastor, what the fuck are you so insecure about? That you have to call this girl every 20 minutes. You think she's going to step out on you? That's what it is. You're not sure that she's really there. Hello, I'm thinking about you. <laughs> oh, I was just cleaning the toilet bowl. I'd rather let you say, and I was thinking about you. That's what I want. I want that constant reassurance. And if she gave it to me constantly, I'd be suspicious of her. Nobody's really like that, you know. She's telling me she misses me every minute, and I go in the house and say, I know that you've been reading, so how can you miss me? I'll be finding all kinds of shit. So I'm trying to tell you something about people. Stop hoping for their fucking desires and love. And just go about living your own fucking life. Grab an interesting bed when they put you around it. Kiss them, go to bed with them, screw them, have a nice time, enjoy the relationship, share ideas, and stop waiting for a fucking performance chart. <laughs> Honey, I screwed 8,000 girls. Look at that list. You're above the top person. And he said, not really. He said, really? <laughs> and he touches your fingers and he says, they're beautiful, the shape, magnificent. Yeah, now that's shit. <laughs> if you need, what is that? What is that need? That means that you're lonely. That means that you're very insecure emotionally. And here's where all that needs to go. You have to find elements in your performance. You have to be an expert on painting, photography, jet engine, or something. Theater, you really have to know those things. And after you become good at theater, go in for photography. And after you get good at that, go in for horseback riding or tennis or whatever you enjoy. And become good at a lot of things so you like yourself. Don't worry about what other people like you. If you like yourself, I'm not walking around saying, oh, I'm around saying I like myself. I don't mean that. If you like yourself, you become likable. Other people say, Jesus, look at that person. They're fucking sure of themselves. They're doing pretty much what they want to do. And they have it smoother than others. But if you walk around like I want to call it home, I can't do a fucking thing. I don't know that. Nobody thinks I'm My fingernails are too short. 
And if I have that image and I want people to like me, people are scared themselves. They're frightened themselves. They're unsure of themselves. And, and if you have, don't try to prove anything to anybody. Fuck them. I don't mean sexually. Don't try to prove anything to them. Just say, this is my book collection. Should you read about stuffing snakes? I says, that's right. Yeah. The whole idea is don't go around trying to win anyone. It's much easier to be whatever the hell you want. If a guy likes you as you are, you're lucky. You're going to be able to relate in many areas. Now that's the fucking message. Stop trying to get somewhere. If you do things you like and you get somewhere, good. If you like your work and you like reading about engines and delivering, you say, how would you like to represent us at the International Conference in Japan? You say, who, me? I say, that's right. Because you like your work so much and you manifest it in discussing with people that they send you places. But if you want to be sent places and you don't like your work, you'll never make it. So stop trying to win approval without winning approval of yourself. And I don't mean say, I now approve myself. Work at it. That's all. Let's go through.